This is Hal Hester, lead pastor of Vine Life, and this is our podcast, The Empowered Word. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on what God is doing in your life. Please enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. I am not Hal from up on the screen there. Um, if you are visiting, um, please make it back uh, again sometime to hear Hal um, and, and his messages. We are blessed to have him as our leader, as our pastor, as our shepherd, so please do that. Um, I, I, do have, I do have notes this morning. Did you all get those notes? Some did not, some did. I lost my copy. I need a copy of my own notes. I need a copy of my notes. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Good. Okay. No, I'm just teasing. Um, I must have set it down somewhere. You know, uh, this, um, and again, your first service, so you've got me in the box. Y'all know that, right? I can't move outside of the camera, which drives me crazy. Um, and so I'm going to really, like right now, even right now, I just want to come down and be down with you guys. You know, this, this, this Christian thing, um, this is not a part of my message. This is just watching the video in the moment and thinking about all that goes on in our daily lives. You know, this, this Christian thing, um, I, I tell it to my kids every day. For those of you that don't know, I'm a, I'm a teacher at Hernando Christian Academy, and um, I, I, I tell them every day, I said, you know, if you, if you chase this Christian idea, if you chase this there is a God in Jesus, and we do all. It, it, it will be the most difficult thing you will ever do. It is much easier to do the opposite kind of things. It's much easier to yell at somebody or hit somebody or be angry, or it's much easier to say, well, you know, they'll take care of their own down there and whatever. You know, I'm going to stay up here and, you know, because I, I got my daily life going on. It, and again, I'm not, I didn't go, so I'm, I'm equally with those of you that didn't go down there. Um, but but it, it is, this Christian thing is interesting, isn't it? When we really begin to dig down on, on what this book says and, and what is, and I want to be careful here, and what is expected of us, what we are empowered to do. My message today is on forgiveness. Um, Jen made a super cool slide, even though she was gone, and she still does super cool stuff for me and all that kind of stuff, and does the notes and everything. So thank you, Jen, wherever you're at. Um, it's on forgiveness. And forgiveness is just a, is a, a small part of this journey that we're on. Um, and I would have to imagine that if we're honest with each other in, in the moment, the, the, the term forgiveness and the idea of forgiveness, maybe not in this moment, doesn't make you bristle. But at some point in your life, you can reflect back and say, yeah, the idea, the concept of me forgiving someone it makes me bristle. I, I, don't, I don't want to. Um, did God show up down there where they went, the video we just saw? Did God show up? Um, yes. I, I, I mean, I believe, I, I would say that we believe that, that yes, supernaturally, in a spiritual kind of way, people were ministered to and taken care of and all that kind of stuff in the supernatural realm. We are the only part of creation, humans, we are the only part of creation that has a soul, that has a spirit. No other part of creation does, and so there's a connecting point between the creator of the universe and us. And so yes, of course, I, I truly believe that. But I also believe that God showed up and you just watched the video. Does, does that make sense? Do you, do you all understand what I'm saying? I mean, well, I'm, I'm talking that you know, people were taken care of spiritually and, and people were healed and people were ministered to by, by God's presence and God's Holy Spirit. Absolutely for sure. But, but that seems really intangible to people sometimes and not able to really kind of be grabbed a hold of. 
But what we did as a church and what Hal and that team did is they, they, they did. They put their boots on and they went and they were his hands and feet. So I don't know what forgiveness might look like for you. I don't know if you have, you can look back and you can say, well, there were a couple incidences back in my life where I, I forgave well. God just, God just got a hold of me and I did it. I did it well. Not, not yay for me, bravo for me, but just, man, I could sense the Spirit of God moving in me and it just, it drove me to the ability to do this well. And then I'm sure there are some that you look back and you're like, well, yeah, I did not do that forgiveness process well at all. That did not go well. And maybe you're in a spot right now where you can reflect back and reflect now and say, I'm still in this spot where the word forgiveness and to think about what that looks like to forgive that person or those people or this situation, it does make me cringe. And I really don't want to. I just really don't want to. Here, here are really don't want to's that came to my mind uh, as I was preparing this, here's, here's some really, I really, I really, really just don't want to, and see if you can relate to any of these with me, I really, really just don't want to get out of bed. I will admit, I will admit that was this morning, for me for sure. I ate something yesterday that did not settle well with me, it was a long night of many restroom runs, and not a lot of sleep. And I was like, you know what? Hal, I heard you weren't going to be here this morning, so you have to remain quiet over there on the far side. And so you know what? I'm literally laying in bed in the middle of the night going, you know, Lord, rapture, the rapture coming right now would be supreme because then I wouldn't have to preach here in a few hours because they would be with you and I wouldn't have to say anything more. That would be fantastic. Obviously, it didn't happen because here I am and here you are. I really, really don't want to... How about doing the dishes? Are any of you just like dishes and the dishes pile up and the more they pile up, the more you don't want to do them? How about going to work on that particular day? I just don't want to go to work. How about going to work every day? <laughs> Those of you that are retired are like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Cleaning the house. My mom, oh my gosh, my mom loved cleaning. Our house was immaculate. It, she was, you know, every, it, it, it was, it, it, that's just not, not so with the other woman in my life. I won't. It, my wife does not like to clean the house. She hates. She and my mom could be not polar opposites more on that. How about, how about, Yard work and lawn mowing. I have this certain section in my, at my house where it's like it, there's some bushes growing out of there and the bushes, you don't have to do anything, which is fantastic. They just, they're there and they grow nicely. And, but up in through them grow weeds and everything. And about once or twice a year, I just have to get in there and like pull everything. It's just, it's, it looks great when it's done, but every week that I'm like, ah, oh, I should do that. But I really, really don't want to be bothered. How about laundry? Any of you are like, the laundry can pile up everywhere and you're just like, yeah, I don't want to touch the laundry. How about this one, the caller ID? How about the caller ID and it rings and you're like, oh, yeah, I really, really don't want to answer that one. I feel like that happens to me sometimes. I won't name the people that do that to me. Exercising. How about getting together? Are you an introvert and you would rather not get together with anyone ever? Family gatherings, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving and close to Christmas, and you're already, like, getting twitchy. My son would stay at home. My youngest son would stay at home with no one forever. Hey, Will, do you want to go to the movies? What, what movie? Are you kidding me? Let's just go. I'll take you to dinner. Yeah, where would we eat, though? I'll pay for it all. Yeah, Dad, I'm good. I'll just stay home. That's... It, going out and getting together with people. How about this one? Busy, 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 tough week, jam-packed, solid Saturday, and Sunday morning it's raining. And I really, really don't want to go to church. Yeah, well, we're quiet. 
I said, check that one off. Don't say that one again. Cause it... Here's not. Here, here's, here's not ultimately where it's good to really not want to do. I really, really, I really don't want to love that person. You know, it's tough enough, isn't it, when Jesus says, love your neighbor, and you're like, uh, do you know my neighbor? But then he tops it off with, you're not only supposed to love your neighbor, you're supposed to love your enemy. Have you ever had that enemy? You know who I'm talking about, where you're like, I really, really, really don't want to love that enemy. How about being kind? How about being kind? I really, I really just don't want to be kind. I'm in a foul mood. I'm in a bad, I have a bad attitude. I don't like you, and I don't want to be kind to you. How about patient? I really, really just don't want to be patient with you right now. You have pushed my buttons. I have been patient with you long enough. You have tested me, and you have reached my limit. How about giving? And not only giving, but giving generously. I just really don't want to give. I just don't want to. Or... Oh, God, please, I've got this thing I've been saving up for. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. And you want me to give that money away? <sighs> How about remaining calm? How about being gentle? I had somebody say to me one time that, that they viewed kindness as being weak. That's why they weren't kind. God-fearing, Bible-believing, Jesus-loving person. I was like, are you sure you're really loving Jesus? How about this one? Humbly and genuinely admitting that you are wrong and you say sorry. Have you ever been in a place where you have really, really, really not wanted to do that? And not say sorry with a, with a caveat of, would you please forgive me? Nope, you just say you're sorry. I own it, I did it, I'm wrong, I'm so sorry, I blew that, done. You deal with it however you want to deal with it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on. How many, how many of you have ever been in a place where you're just like, yeah, I don't, I really, really don't want to do that? And then we get to Forgiveness. I know that these other points I could go down through. We could, we could, Hal and I could probably write an entire series on each of those points and the, and the withholding of those points, the, the withholding that we do, and we could speak to each one of those. We could probably write an, an, a, 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 an eight-week series on each one of those. But we get to forgiveness, and there's just this, I don't know, there's this, C.S. Lewis called, said that forgiveness is tricky business because I, because I do it, and then like five minutes later, I feel like I need to do it again because I've just rehearsed through my head again what that person, they didn't do it again, but I've rehearsed back through my head again. Or I saw that person, or I heard that person's voice. How many of you, you hear a voice and you're just like, oh, I'm cringing in right now and I hope I, in fact, they're around that corner and I can hear them, so I'm going to go around that corner over there. Forgiveness is tricky business. Please do not hear me saying during this message today, please do not hear me saying that we, we need to do this, this idea, this, this thing of forgiveness, just because that's what we do. We're Christians and we just, that's just what we do. Please don't hear me saying that. Because I think there are far too many believers and just potentially people out there that just we're going to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and we're just going to make it happen. And how long does that actually ever work? See, we go back to this idea that, that did God show up down there at Hurricane Place? And, and, and yes, in a spiritual, supernatural way, He showed up and He moved in the hearts of people. But he also showed up by, by Pastor Hal and the team and that, and that box truck and the, all the work that he showed up in the hands and feet of humans. And so we have, we have two things going on here. Remember the message I did maybe two messages ago, this idea of being and doing. 
The being is, is that God grabs a hold of who we are. He, he, he teaches us who He is. He teaches us what He's done. He changes us. He transforms us. Uh-oh, Romans 8 or whatever, 12 and Romans 1. And didn't we just do all that for like a whole long time? How long did you preach that hell? Like 22 weeks? He transforms us. That's our being. So that when we do this, when we do this, we don't do it because we're just going to, I'm just going to do this because it's, we're Christians and it's just, I just forgive. That doesn't last and it doesn't work. It's God supernaturally changing us, revealing to us how much He loves us, how much He's forgiven us for. So please, in this message today, Please don't have already tuned me out because I don't want to talk about forgiveness, but please do not hear me say during this entire time that we, we need to just do this because, you know, this is just what we do. It won't work. It won't work. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would help each of us to grow in our understanding and our knowledge of you. Lord, that we would become wiser in who you are. And so therefore, Lord, then we would know how to make that happen in the world around us. In your name I pray. Amen. It is okay. It is okay to say to God, I don't want to. This forgiveness, well, and we we'll go back through the other list, the love and all these other things, the kindness. I, I don't, it's okay to say to God, I don't want to do that. It's okay to, to talk with Him, to, 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 to express with Him the feelings of hurt, the feelings of sadness, the feelings of betrayal, the feelings of anger, the feelings of being overwhelmed and bitterness and the rehearsing. It's okay to share those with Him and talk with Him about those things and say, God, I don't want to do that. As long as we don't stay there. As long as we don't stay there. As long as we realize there's a process of realizing that it's not healthy to stay there. It's not healthy. And we can move. We can be transformed. We can move. I don't, I don't want to move. In that. Okay, we'll tell him that then. I promise you, you're not going to say anything to him that he hasn't already heard from about a bazillion, gazillion humans. You're not going to surprise him. He's not going to go, whoa, snap, did you just say that? He's not going to do that. But it's the recognition that we can move, that, we, that, that He will help us to move. He will, he will, by His power, by His love, by His compassion. Do you know that, that Paul says it this way in Ephesians to the people of Ephesus? He said, I'm praying over you. I'm praying that God will infuse you, with, would fill you, gird you with the power to understand how much He loves you. How high, how wide, how deep, how overwhelming His love is. I pray that He would empower you. That is the Holy Spirit in us, relating with our spirit, connecting with our spirit, and the presence of God drawing us then into who He is and how He does things, there becomes our being, our transformation, and so then, so then we are being healed and we do these things. Doesn't mean that it's easy. Doesn't mean that forgiveness is not tricky business and we have to forgive for the same thing again and again and again, not because they do it again and again and again, but because we allow ourselves to back down into it again and again and again. And by His help and by His power and by His love and by His compassion, He moves us to a place of, of healthy. So the truth, and, and you know my saying, I've said it here many times, the truth, the truth that you know sets you free. So the truth of this point is this. It doesn't matter. And I'm not saying like, like, well, whatever that person did to you, it doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this, so listen carefully. It doesn't matter the situation that you're in or the fear that you are facing. That doesn't change who God is. Let that sink in. I'll tell you, the big one for me is the fear that I'm facing. It doesn't matter the situation you find yourself in. It doesn't, it doesn't matter the fear that you are facing. Those things, these, these temporal, earthly things that we're going through, does not change who God is. He's constant. He's the same. He is always good. He is always loving. God doesn't do love. God 
is love. He, he, he can't not not love. Please, Margie, don't catch me on that double negative. October 2nd, 2006. October 2nd, 2006. In an Amish schoolhouse, a man walked in with an array of guns. He held all the kids hostage for a while, and then he let all the boys out of the schoolhouse. And he shot 10 of the girls, ages 6 to 13. Five of them died, and then he killed himself. Several of the Amish families on a particular day buried their daughters. And then the very next day, attended the funeral of the killer and spent time with his widow and the three small children and his extended family. It was said that one of the Amish men involved, involved in, the, in, the, in, the, in the daughters being killed, one of the Amish men stood for an hour hugging the sobbing father of this man who had murdered these children, hugging the sobbing father of that man, repeatedly saying to him, we are forgiving you, how can we comfort you? the day after they'd buried their own daughters. I've not lost a child. My children are 27, 25, 22, and 20. I've not lost a child. I have no context of what it means to lose a child, and I have zero context of what it means to lose a child that age because somebody chose to shoot them to death. And then take their life so there's no justice served. So we're going, to make, we're going to make the wife and, those, and the three little kids and, 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 and that extended family, we're going, to, we're going to make them serve justice. We're going to sue them in civil court. And No, these Amish people, the day after, are at his funeral, hugging on his wife, holding his dad for an hour, saying to him, we are forgiving you. How can we comfort you? What can we do for you? The killer's wife, one of, one, of the, one of the girls' funerals was extremely private and closed. Or you know the Amish people are extremely private anyways. Very, very, very private funeral. And that family chose to invite the killer's wife to come to the funeral so that they could love on. So that they could love on her. Are you kidding me? And I get mad at the guy who cuts me off and tell him all about Jesus with my one finger wave. And man, what is wrong with me? What I want you to understand as I researched this situation was that articles were written later on and the, the Amish community was still reeling, even a year later, was still reeling from what had happened. Children were still having nightmares. People were still battling, you know, just, just not understanding why this, and just and some frustration. Forgiveness, forgiveness is not about just, just we're going to forgive in this moment and we're just not going to remember it anymore. That's not how this works. The Amish community chose, long before this incident, chose to be a community of forgiveness, a community that didn't hold grudges because they understood that it allowed them to better concentrate then on the work of healing in their lives. And that day they put it, and that week they put it, and that month and that year and those years to come, they put it into practice, I'm sure, over and over and over again. Forgiveness. This is a definition that I thought was pretty decent. Forgiveness means to surrender, to surrender the right to hurt others in response to the way that we have been hurt. Forgiveness means to surrender the right to hurt others in response to the way we've been hurt. And here's why we do this. We do this, ladies and gentlemen, because we have been forgiven. You see, it's not our forgiveness that we get to choose to withhold. It's not our own forgiveness that we decide gets to get passed out 
to those around us. It's not ours. It's a gift that has been given to us. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21 say this. I'm going to read out of the New Living. It's going to come up on the screen in the New Living. Your Bibles, whatever Bible you're reading, if you'd turn in your phones and all that kind of stuff, turn to Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. When Adam had sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now, Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there's a big difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of the one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift leads to one hour being made right with him even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and His gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph, will be healed, I'm improvising right now, will be healed, will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a righteous relationship with God and new life for everyone. New life, new life, 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 healing, the power of forgiveness. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. Verse 21, what a key verse. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, brought them to being unhealthy, now God's wonderful grace rules instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. This free gift... This free gift of grace, this free gift of mercy, this free gift of forgiveness, the health, as I just said, the health is in verse 21. The health is in verse 21. Jesus won. Jesus gained our right. Our right. We don't deserve it. It's not us doing it. It's Jesus freely winning it for us to stand with God and to have eternal life. So we, so then we give up our right to hurt someone, make them pay. This is for our own benefit. It's for our own health. So when we read scriptures like this, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, where Peter comes and says, Hey, I forgave seven times. Woohoo! Isn't that amazing? And Jesus says, Well, okay, great, but I would really like you to forgive 70 times seven. So Peter. So Peter's doing the math. He's like, oh, oh, okay, so 7 times 7 is 49. Put the 0, 409. Four, so when I get to 489, I'm that close to not having to forgive anymore. Nope, that's not really what he was talking about. He was talking about the ability to operate out of your healing, out of being healed. Matthew 5 and 7 says this, Blessed are those who show mercy, for they shall receive mercy. Mercy has been given out and lavished out. And so with, with, with what we get and what we receive, then we are to turn around and give it out. And we then get more and it's lavished on us more and we get more out. It's us that is, that is taking the conduit and pinching it off. I don't want to be merciful to that person. This person doesn't deserve mercy. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 say this. You judge... By the measure that you are judged, then you will be judged. And yet, and yet, here we stand before God, 
free from that because Christ did all this for us. So, so who am I to then judge? To judge someone else. When Christ has taken all that from me, He's paid that price. James chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. No mercy will be shown if you don't give mercy. And then it's the passage that just really befuddled me for a long time and probably birthed this message years ago and then in the last couple of months. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. (laughs) If you do not forgive, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. And I'm like, what? Come on now. He's a generous God. That doesn't even make sense to me. I can't envision God up in heaven like this with His arms crossed going, okay, Jason, well, fine. If you can't see or hear, I'm tapping my foot. Well, when you're ready, well, then I'm, gonna, I'm just going to withhold this from you. And, t- and so I began to think on it and pray on it and say, God, I just don't, I just can't, I, I can't grab a hold of that idea. And, I, and I, I feel like God was saying, well, you're viewing this principle wrong. I'm not the one that's withholding, son. You are. It is my forgiveness. It is my love. It is my compassion. It is my mercy that I have lavished into you. And you are the, yo, you've received it freely, but then you've shut it down. You're the one who pinched the conduit. Not me. And I said, okay, I'm a middle school teacher. What can I do to have some props for this thing? Oh, yeah. Coming out. Those of you on the camera, I'll be back in just a second. All right, here I am back. So, I'm the one that's pinching the conduit. I'm the one that's, that's, that's squeezing the flow. So here it is. Here it is. I'm receiving all of this forgiveness and and, and a, a generous God who allows the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. A generous God who allows the rain to fall on the good and the bad. A generous God who loves this world so much that He sent His Son to forgive, to love, to show compassion, to show mercy. And so I receive and I receive and I receive. And I do some forgiving and I do some mercy or whatever I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm, but man, that person, and you know that person. You know exactly who I'm talking about. That person, no, no, they don't deserve it. They, they didn't say they were sorry. You don't know, Jason, what they did to me. I don't. I don't, but God does. And so we fold our arms and we stamp our foot Oh, we've received it, but now we're stopping it. And, 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 so, and so here's what comes to my mind is, is, that, is that passage, is that passage that talks about, about the idea, Matthew 5, 23 and 24, talks about this idea that I've come to the altar and, and I'm, I'm giving my, my sacrifice of praise. I'm giving my sacrifice of praise at the altar and worship and God, I love you. And here's my, here's my thing at the altar. God, you're amazing. And he says, whoop, 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 whoop. wait, 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 just a minute. Take those gifts. I really want them. I really want this relationship with you. But you take those gifts and you set them down and you do what? You go take care of your brother. Then come back to me. And let's get the party started. And so here's how I envision this. I, I, I go, okay, okay. All right, fine, fine. I'll, I'll stop crossing my arms and I will do, what is this? Sorry, can't see I'm old. One-fourth of a teaspoon of forgiveness. Okay, God, here we go. Yeah, it's huge. It's amazing. Am I out of the camera? Get back on the camera. Okay. It's huge. It's amazing. But, but this is all I'm willing to do. It's just this, it's just this the teaspoon. Okay. All right, here we go. That's all I'm willing to do. Or... Or am I willing to say, all right, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll do a cup, a cup of forgiveness. One cup. I can, okay, God, fill that in there. Who, 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 who is closing the conduit? Me. I'm choosing to not do this. But every time I expand, every time God says, well, let's do, let's do a little bit bigger one. 
So let's go. So let's let's go to a whole cup. And so I fill the whole cup up, and I come over to the person I'm forgiving, and I and I forgive. And again, I'm not telling you what that forgiveness looks like. Please, well, Jason, what exactly does that look like? I don't know. I do not know. I will not stand up here today and say this is how you must forgive. This is this is you need to go to that person right now. And no way, no way. That is between you and God. As He fills you up, He's telling you what that's supposed to look like. And we're like, we're all of a sudden we're like, hey, you know what? I, we, I can do this. I'm feeling stronger. I'm, I'm feeling healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a pot. I'm going to get a pot. And Lord, fill this up. This is good. This is good. This is good. This is, I'm, I'm feeling the strength. And we come over and we, and we dump that forgiveness on them. And we're like, you know what? That is not where I'm stopping. God, you are so good. You're so amazing. I worship you. I praise you. God, you are good all the time. Your goodness is chasing me down. Fill this. Fill it up. Because this is what I'm doing. I'm representing you. You are changing me. You're transforming me. And so I'm going to take this forgiveness and I'm going to, I'm going to go, and whether they want it or not, I don't like to stink in forgiveness. Too bad! Burn! And I promise you, the point that I'm making, and I'm out of breath because, again, I'm old. Sheesh. That the bigger that these get, the more that you recognize that God is just flooding you, that it's, it's His forgiveness. It's His love. It, it's His compassion. It's His mercy that He is lavishing on us that then we turn around and we give out. It's not Him that that binds it up. It's not Him that turns His back on us and crosses His arms and says, well, but when you're ready, Jason, you just let me know. Tap me on the shoulder and we'll see where we can go. No, it's me. It's me in my unhealthiness that is crossing my arms. And the enemy's just standing over there going, yeah, yeah. Because what did we read about Adam? Death. Death, 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 death. But Christ brings life, brings healing, brings wholeness. Is it easy? No. No. And I know, like, what was it, a month ago, I preached with my shirt untucked. Sorry, I'm getting really hot up here. i got to untuck my shirt. I'm really uncomfortable right now, and I'm stepping out. But I'm doing it for you, Hal, because you told me to come out my comfort zone. I'm not going to tell you what that forgiveness looks like for that particular person. Jason, I, I haven't even spoken to this person in five years. Oh, okay. And you might not speak to them for another five years. But you are dying on, on the inside. I, I don't even really think about it anymore. Okay. That doesn't mean that the enemy still doesn't have a hold on that? Come on. Come on. And so it may not ever affect that person that you're dealing with. But someone else in your circle might say, I, I don't know how you're forgiving that person. I don't know. And you know what you say to them? You know, honestly, I don't know either. Because <laughs> it ain't me. Because I don't really want to. But it's God. It's Christ in me. I've been crucified with Christ. He in me now. He in me. The power that raised him from the dead is alive in me. And I am choosing life. Here's, a, here's the key thought as we move down really quickly into a, a couple of thoughts. You cannot hold on to bitterness and hold on to God. You cannot hold on to bitterness and hold on to God. You cannot hold on to resentment and hold on to God. You cannot hold on to punishment. You cannot hold on to revenge and hold on to God. Over on the back, where you'll see that up at the top there, the main thought. It, it, again, th this, this, loose, this list is not all-inclusive, so please 
It's just, it's just kind of a start. What forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. I'm sure we could take all day and have 500 whiteboards up here and write them out like crazy. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is surrendering the right to hurt others in response to the way that I've been hurt. Forgiveness is a surrender. I'm surrendering my right because in Christ now I have a right to stand before God in eternal life. And that wasn't gained by me. It was gained out of the forgiveness and the love of the Father and His Son. Forgiveness is acknowledging. Does everybody see where I'm at on the back? Forgiveness is acknowledging that the other person has sinned. We're not masking people's sin by forgiving them. We're not necessarily letting them get away with something. Isn't that, isn't that one of the classic tricks of the enemy? Oh, you're going you're gonna to let that person get away with that? Well, that's not really up to me, so good luck on that. You see, when it is up to me, it's called revenge and vengeance. And there's, I don't know, something in the Bible about God saying vengeance is his. I don't, you'll have to look it up on your own. It's in there somewhere. Forgiveness is not saying sin doesn't matter. Forgiveness does not require restoring trust or inviting a person back into the relationship. Forgiveness is leaving the consequences to God. And I put it underneath there to address legal action. Please, please understand again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here giving you all the exactly what this is. But, but let me just give you an example. Um, if, if that gentleman in the Amish schoolhouse had not committed suicide, if he had remained alive, those Amish people in their forgiveness of him dealing with his wife and the children, her children, their children, and, and his extended family, their forgiveness of him doesn't mean that he wouldn't have had to go on trial and be tried for the crime that he committed. That's not what forgiveness means. If someone were to shoot my child dead, I, I, hopefully I would forgive them, but they, but they should go to trial for the protection of the rest of people and whatever. I mean, so, so this idea of forgiveness is leaving the consequences to God doesn't mean that we just kind of throw up our hands and like, well, we're, you're forgiven and so there are no consequences to you. That's not what this is saying. The, the big idea is that the consequences are not up to you. God, revenge and vengeance and all that, that's up to God. But me forgiving them doesn't mean that they're scot-free. But isn't that a trick of the enemy? Oh, 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 you're freeing them? You don't think they should pay a price? Well, yeah, I think they should, but that's, that's not up to me. Here's another big one. I just addressed this with a group of kids at school this week. Forgiveness is not forgetting. And, and, the, and the quintessential comment was what one of the kids said. The quintessential comment. Well, in the Bible it says forgive and forget. Go ahead and find that for me. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Search the Bible for a year, and I promise you, you will not find that anywhere in the Bible where it says, forgive and forget. It says that God forgives and forgets. And I believe that God can help move us beyond and away from that. But I don't, I don't think, and I, I suppose if some of you are like a psychological guru and you can out-psychology me, and you probably can, I, I don't know if humans ultimately are really able to forget and so we heap this condemnation on ourselves. I forgave, but I just cannot forget. I, I'm, so, I'm so ashamed. God, you know, no, I, dealing with that, dealing with that process of moving on, the, a year, that's the point I made with the Amish people. Like, I did research on this. A year later, there's people that are still struggling. In 2007, there were Amish people that were still struggling. That, what, what had happened? Well, of course they're struggling. We're human, for goodness sake. Forgiveness is costly. It's not free. It, it cost God everything in, the, in, the, in his son being crucified. Jesus giving up his life. Forgiveness is both an initial decision process in the moment to let go of bitterness and a long, ongoing process of practicing forgiveness. I have 38 seconds to do seven points. You ready? 34 now, 33, 32. Let's do this. So again, I, I really did not want to get focused on these seven points because I'm not here today to like walk you through the therapeutic seven points of getting this done. That's not what I'm here for. For me, it was a much deeper, where is your heart? 
And so if you are willing to say to God, I don't want to do this. I really, really don't want to forgive this person. But that is not a healthy place to be. So God, where do I start? So here we go. You ready? Now I have, oh, I went over my time. Oh, you're done. You don't have anything. Oh, she put the first point up. No, you're good. You're good. I'm teasing. Acknowledge the pain. Acknowledge the pain. Somebody hurt you. Okay, that, yes. We're not told to push that pain down and put it in its little compartment and lock that bad boy up and don't ever talk about it, don't ever deal with it. I know, I know, you know, well, when I was a kid, we used to never talk about nothing and rub dirt all over it. Well, that's not how we do things today. That's not healthy. Now, when we're talking about it and talking about it and talking about it and it's been five years and we're still talking about it, maybe that's a little unhealthy too. Do you understand what I'm saying? But oh my goodness, if you are a shover, compartmentalizer, pusher down, no, talk to somebody about it. Acknowledge that you've been hurt. Number two, number two, remember being on the other side. Take take yourself back to the cross. Take, Take your little, where'd my thing go here? Oh, there it is. Take your... Take your little quarter teaspoon back to God and go, you know what, God, I'm really grateful that you didn't give me just a quarter teaspoon in forgiveness when it came to me. My wife says, what's the soup pot doing over there on the table? I'm like, shh, I have props. <laughs> number three, remember then being on the other side. Then number three, then remember God's forgiveness. Remember the, the level of debt that God paid for you through His Son. And if you're snobbery and self-righteous and all that kind of stuff, then get off your dadgum horse and get on your knees and say, God, show me how good you've been to me. Help me to reflect back just all the things that you've done that are really awesome for me so that I get a better picture instead of thinking that it's all about me and I'm super great and looking down on that person who doesn't deserve to be forgiven or shown mercy. Number four, Number four, reflect on biblical commands. Get into the Bible. Do a, do a study on forgiveness. Then do a study on mercy. Then do a study on compassion. Take a few weeks. I, don't do your own, maybe. There's, there's great podcasts and devotionals. And, but, but do it. Get into the Word of God and let the Spirit touch you and talk to you. Number five, let go. Let go of the hurt. Let it go. I told him I was, since I'm two minutes and 45 seconds over, I can't sing. Let it go, let it go. Um, I was going to do that. They were going to come up and accompany me, but we'll have to forego that. I don't know about you, but number five is a, is a massively difficult step for me to let it go. I am a rehearser. I am a rehearser. I am a rehearser. I, it, is a, it is a fight. It is a struggle for me. Like, I have to be very, very purposeful. My wife said to me just the other day, you know, you spend a lot of time in your own head. I do. And sometimes it's really cool, and I think about some really cool things, and then other times I'm like, get out of my head. Wait a minute, I'm talking to myself. Number six, continue. Remember that, remember that statement I, I, I said that, you know, it is, it is, a, it is an initial moment of forgiveness, but then it is an ongoing process. So keep doing it. Keep forgiving. And then do what Job did. Right? Do what Job did. Pray for those people. Pray for them. Pray for the person who hurt you. Pray over the situation. Pray for your own ability to forgive. Pray for their hearts to be changed. I don't know. Ask God what to do about it, how to do it. But pray for them. If you have ever had the struggle and the inability to forgive, ever, would you please stand up? Everybody in here should be standing. I did that. It's like an, it wasn't really a, you know what, everybody stand up and then I'll say this. I don't know if, if you're, in a, you're in a place right now where you're like, you know what, I'm good. I'm, I've, I've kind of settled things with people and I'm, I'm, you know, I can remember back some really big struggles or maybe you can remember back 
one that you've just kind of have not dealt with and let go and time has just, you know, you maybe you're not even in, con- but there's still, you can still sense something inside of you that says, you know, I'm just in my own heart, I'm just not quite there and I need to be healthy. Or maybe, maybe right now, maybe right now there is someone or multiple people that you are like, yep, I just really, really don't want to. I had a friend of mine lose his dad this week, last week. Lose his dad last week. And he's struggling because he and his dad, their relationship was not the greatest. And you know, one of the things he's struggling with is that, that now it's over. And all of a sudden, all these things are kind of piling back in on him. And he's like, oh my. Let's get healthy now. Let's get healthy now. Let's be healthy tomorrow in a week, in a month, in a year. With God's power and God's help, God's forgiveness, God showing you who He is, He will empower you to do this. Heavenly Father, I lift these people up to You. I lift myself up to You, Lord. Father, that we would take the abundance of forgiveness that You have bestowed onto us, the abundance of mercy and compassion and kindness, And Lord, we would realize it, we would recognize it, we would be grateful for it, and we would lavish it back out onto those around us. Even that one that we are really struggling with. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. The altar team will be coming up here. If you need specific prayer, please come and avail yourself to that. If you are not coming into the altar, we would ask that you would leave quietly and do your talking and fraternizing and all that kind of stuff out in the lobby. Thank you so much for coming. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you did, there's two things you could do for me. First, subscribe to our channel. That way, the most recent podcast will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted you, would you help us to continue to reach others by clicking on the link in the description to give now. Until next time, thank you so much for listening to The Empowered Word.